Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book in just everyday language will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. Forward by Jill Bucken. The corner of Stafford Avenue was always busy. There was a small grocer's shop where Granddad bought his newspaper and pipe tobacco. Jars filled with colored sweets stood in a line on the counter. Granddad always bought a few in a small paper bag. The doorbell rang continually as people walked in and out, cars and buses passing by on the main road. Next to the grocer's shop was a bright red telephone booth. Sometimes I was allowed to go in with Grandma to make a telephone call. I loved to go inside the booth with her because when she closed the heavy door, it clicked shut and we couldn't hear the sound of the traffic, the shop bell ringing, or even people talking. The quiet was reminiscent of that of my home next to the Luapula River in Africa. My parents worked at a leprosy hospital 11 kilometers from the Imbarashi Mission Station in Zambia. I was eight years old and I could just see out of the booth's lowest window pane. I would hear the coins clink in the phone box and Grandma would chat, say goodbye and hang up the phone. Then she would open the door and close it behind us and we would walk back up the avenue. This book is called The Booth. My prayer is that it would encourage many Christians to realize our need of a booth in our lives, a place where we can open the door, leave the concerns of this world outside, go in and close it, and find only the stillness of God's presence. There we can talk with Him, our Father, where noise, busyness, and voices demanding our attention cannot be heard. It is in that place early every morning that we need to come to Jesus before the day begins. There should we look up to the fading night skies and we might still see a few last twinkling stars. Or are they the twinkling lights of our heavenly home? We need to quieten our hearts before the Father. Maybe climb up onto His knee, lay a weary head against His heart, and hear His heartbeat, strong and full of life and love for us. A reminder that we were made for Him. There we receive His assurance his peace, and his sustenance from his word. We need to read and know the word of God in these days so that we can know God's truth and be alert 
to deceptions. At the moment, my booth is a small wooden desk just under a window looking out onto an orchard. Tall trees grow beyond the trees. The fruit-eating birds and the colorful butterflies flit among the trees, morning by morning, often before the sun rises, and I am alone with God. He speaks to me of His love, His plans, and His purposes for me. He will do the same for all those who come to Him to share our sorrows and our joys at any time of the day with Him. With over full diaries and still more demands on our time, I am reminded of an old hymn sung by many over the years. Jesus calls us over the tumult of our life's wild restless sea. Day by day, His sweet voice calleth, saying, Christian, follow me. God calls us to lie down in the green pastures and by quiet pools from time to time. But as the necessity to spend more time in our booth with Jesus becomes greater, I pray that we will learn how to live and move and have our being in Him, our God. As the booth challenges us to realize our increasing dependence on God in a vital relationship with Him, it will become who we are, our love for Jesus and for all men. That will enable us to be found amongst those sent out by the Lord of the harvest to bring in His precious souls. It's harvest time, and Jesus Christ is coming again very soon. His word to us is still, watch and pray. Preface, finding quiet time in the presence of God. Many people have asked in recent times how I have a quiet time with God. They want to know how to hear from God, how He speaks to us. I was very privileged to have been invited to Jerusalem at the end of 2012 to be one of the speakers at the International Conference at the Feast of Tabernacles. Accordingly, I looked into the meaning of the event, one of the oldest festivals in Jewish history. Every year, the Jews remember the time when God delivered them from slavery in Egypt and how for 40 years, he protected them, he fed them, and defended them. It is a national holiday in Israel, one that lasts for seven days. The people of Israel build little booths in their gardens to remind them of how God provided for them in their wanderings in the desert when they lived in temporal dwellings, tabernacles. It is a time of great joy and celebration, and the people spend lots of time in these dwellings. I really believe that this is one of the main reasons why the Jewish nation has survived through so many horrific attacks from the world. Many civilizations have tried to annihilate them from the face of the earth. 
The reason is because they remember what God has done for them in the past. He remains with them and will always be with them. He is a miracle-working God. Having a quiet time with God every day is the very same principle. It's spending the first hours of the new day with Jesus, basically having fellowship with Him and speaking to Him, listening to that still, small voice saying, This is the way. It's spending time reading His living Word, the Bible, and then meditating on these encouragements and, if necessary, gentle rebukes. Honestly, without time every morning spent in the presence of God, I would never make it. I find that the longer I walk with Jesus, the more time I desire to meet with Him in my closet, my separate place where there are no distractions or interferences from the world. The Lord soothes my nerves and quietens my spirit. He inspires my preaching and reminds me daily of my priorities. God first, my wife Jill next, then my children and my grandchildren and so on. The more time that you spend with a person, the more you become like that person. The disciples often couldn't find Jesus. He was always up the mountain waiting on his father. But when he came down, all heaven broke loose. The sick were healed. Captives were set free. Miracles, signs, and wonders took place. This is what I believe the father wants me to write about in more detail, becoming more like Jesus. Chapter 1, This Busy World. In this busy world in which we are desperately trying to exist, to keep sane, to keep balanced, we need a place where we can rest, a place where we can gather ourselves, a getaway, somewhere we find peace, a place to regroup against the onslaught of a world that seems to have gone mad. So many people have asked me how I cope. The answer is very simple. It is by spending time with Father God each morning. It is good having a quiet time each day and listening to that still small voice giving me peace. At the Feast of Tabernacles, where I was privileged to be a guest speaker, for the first time I realized what the festival was really about. It reminds the Jewish people of how God provided for them in the wilderness for 40 years. Their sandals never wore out, their clothes never fell to pieces, and God fed them all every single day with manna from heaven. The importance of the booth. The Jews build a small little booth called a sukkoth at the bottom of their gardens from young poplar branches. 
they decorate these sukkuts with fruit and they live in them for seven days. It is a time to celebrate the bringing in of the produce of the fields, both fruit and grain, such as grapes, dates, olives, and so forth. However, the main reason is to remember that the Lord loved them and protected them when they were in the wilderness. I was so excited to hear about this wonderful festival because that is exactly what Father God has shown me. He wants you and I to have a booth where He can speak to us unhindered by the hustle and bustle of this busy world in which we live. It needs to be a separate place where we can have uninterrupted fellowship together. He so wants to speak with us. And at the very same time, the devil is hell-bent on breaking off any communications we might have with our God. The most effective way for the devil to do this is by keeping us flat out busy with no place to be quiet, keeping us on the treadmill to the extent that if we are not going full speed, we actually feel guilty. This morning, while sitting in my booth, I had a visit from a dear son of mine in the Lord who had come over from Europe to see his family in South Africa. He popped in to have a cup of coffee with me and gave me a photograph in a beautiful frame. It was of a little wooden house that he had built in his garden, his little booth, the place where he spends time with God. I was very touched. This man has physically shown that he truly means business. This son is an extremely busy man who works for the Ministry of Justice and holds a very senior position. In fact, he has the authority to make major adjustments to the penal code system, which could revolutionize the way prisoners are managed. It is an incredible opportunity for this young man to put into practice what Jesus has told us to do, literally set the captives free. The fact that this young man has gone to the extent of building a small wooden hut and placing it at the bottom of his garden tells me that he is serious about having a proper quiet time with Jesus every day. That means he is going to hear clearly from God and will be given the faith and strength to implement God's directives. He could very well become our next modern-day Wilberforce, who was instrumental in abolishing the hellish slave trade. All this because he has made a decision to have a proper quiet time with Jesus every day. He does this before going to work and making life-changing decisions that could not only affect thousands of prisoners sitting in Europe's jails, but also society at large. It cannot be stressed enough 
how time spent with God first thing in the morning can change a man's life, his outlook, and the impact he will have on society. The Art of Patience What I am just realizing in this life is that it takes more discipline to wait than it takes to keep on doing things. As I grow older, this is a discipline I have to work very hard at if I am going to fulfill God's call on my life and to finish the race strong. One of the most significant testings for me is to wait in the departure lounge of an international airport. It's an excellent place and opportunity to exercise that discipline of waiting, an attitude of life that the world seems to have forgotten how to implement, especially in first world countries. In third world countries, people have little or no problem waiting for a bus to take them from a rural farming area to the nearest town. They can wait a day or even two. They just take it in their stride. But in the first world countries, if a train or an aeroplane is five or ten minutes late, all pandemonium breaks loose. So I sit and I wait for my connecting flight. I have maybe nine hours to occupy myself with whatever I choose to do. Watching people from different walks of life, different cultures, and ethnic groups really fascinates me. I observe people from Asian, African, and European backgrounds. Old people, young people, watching their mannerisms, how they dress, what food they like to eat, and most of all, how they choose to occupy their time while they wait for their flights. Jesus speaks to us clearly about redeeming the time. In other words, not wasting it on trivial issues. Once again, we as believers are just so privileged to have a personal relationship with the living God. And so we don't need to ever have to fill in the time with arbitrary things that have no heavenly or earthly value. We have no need to ever feel lonely, even when we travel in a foreign country, because He travels with us. Life for me has become so full and exciting since I've become a follower of Jesus. He has given my life new meaning. While I sit in the departure lounges, I meditate on the many opportunities that the Lord has opened up. I ask, where to from here, Jesus? I am reminded of the time when I had just left a meeting and was sitting with my son in the car outside. The host came out and pleaded with us to come back into the service because a woman was waiting for prayer for healing. She had been waiting all night and had driven some 144 kilometers. She was anxious for me to pray for her to be healed. During the service, I'd been speaking about vision and told the listeners 
I wouldn't be praying for the sick that night. Hence the urgent prayer request. So we went straight back into the hall and most of the people had gone, although there were still a few left. We anointed this dear lady with oil and in the name of Jesus Christ, the great healer, we asked her to rise up and walk. That dear lady, without any hesitation whatsoever, got out of her wheelchair and started walking. The people who were there went ballistic. I asked her to stay for the evening service, to give her testimony, to show the people what Jesus had done for her. She agreed, and someone very kindly put her up in their home that night. Well, that evening, when the lady walked the full length of the hall and back again, the crowd went crazy. For weeks afterwards, I received phone calls to say that people all over the district were talking about what happened with much joy and jubilation. This is an example of what happened during a trip overseas. Instead of sitting for nine hours doing nothing but getting stressed and frustrated, I used the time to pray and give thanks to God for using me, remembering all the great things He has done. Then, with great expectation, I wait upon Him to find out where to from here. So you see how easy it is for a believer to pass valuable time waiting to hear from God for new inspiration, new direction. It is such an exciting way of life, and I am so honored that Jesus has given me this opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Booth. 